0: Do I mean, people I would have
1: individual skill ceilings.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's true for anything, right? Like there, everybody has various ceilings. Um, and uh, so I want to take that to the next level and say that whether it is a physical thing that is keeping them from, let me let me say it this way. People can reach a ceiling mechanically, mentally, before they reach it physically. Okay, super, Perino. Thank you so much for being on the show with me this week. Um, As as I go, I I say this every week, and maybe it's just something that I'm going to continue saying every week. But we don't have a lot of experience with each other. Uh, I do know that you used to do around the scene, uh, another Rocket League podcast. Uh, But why don't you tell me just a little before we even get into the Rocket League stuff, uh, like. Who are you? What's what's your deal?
1: Yeah. So I am a caster primarily for Rocket League these days. Uh, I started out, you know, doing sort of my own brand of content. Uh, This was a few years ago. I was on Twitch, was grinding YouTube, you know, trying to make a name for myself. I was never going to go pro. I was never that good. Uh, So that was never the goal. But I got in. Was it
0: never the goal?
1: Um, I shouldn't say never. Be
0: be honest.
1: Um, you know, maybe when I first started progressing through like the diamond or champ level, when I switched to PC the first time, uh, that may have been a consideration.
0: Well, well, are you talking about playing or casting?
1: For playing, for casting, the goal would be to go professional. Absolutely.
0: Is it still?
1: Yes. Okay. Okay. It's just difficult.
0: <laughs> sure.
1: Um, so yes, as a as a player, I should clarify, as a player, I knew I wasn't really gonna go pro, but as I started doing more casting work, um, started with a lot of community stuff, did a lot of high school, a lot of collegiate level, uh, through the grid this season, which has been a tremendous opportunity for all of the casters, both North America and EU. So bless Psionics. Um I got a couple of opportunities. I worked with the Susquehanna Sonics initially, and then for the past two splits, uh, my partner Ryan and I have been working with Team Envy. So we covered Team Envy with the grid and in this past split, the day zero of the regional event, they let us do that as well. So that's that's who I am. You know, we uh, we actually did meet once before. I don't know if you know this.
0: You and I. Yes. What? Not in person, uh, but yeah, I've, I've never met a Rocket League per- person in person, except for like my best of Rocket League pals. So I'm intrigued to hear this. So when you recorded the
1: video of GCs and how to help people get better at the game, I was one of the people who participated in it.
0: Oh, did so- you do that?
1: Yes, and so I'm in that video. I actually looked it up prior to coming on the show tonight, and... What name did you use? I used mine, Perina.
0: Really? Oh, that really? just kind of makes me feel bad that I don't remember that. I'm sorry.
1: Well, you had 49 other people doing it as well, probably
0: more even. Yeah, huh. But you didn't mention that then, did you? No, I. I... I remember seeing your
1: message on Twitter asking for people to do it. And I was like, yeah. actually, that seems kind of fun. And I, and I was kind of curious because I wanted to go back and listen to what I said <laughs> and see if it would still pertain. And the, the one comment that I made was that in order to get better at the game, no matter what, you had to love the game always. The game will push you down. It will knock you down sometimes. And you still have to love it regardless. And I think that's still a great piece of advice.
0: Not to toot your own horn, not to toot my own horn whatsoever. But, but. I st- I also agree with that. That is that is a very good piece of advice. Cool. Well, great. Podcast over. That's all we needed. Then. <laughs> super. Let's let's call awesome. right there. Okay. So you are you're a you're a caster, uh, and I, I think that's super cool. I will admit the amount that I have watched the grid is minimal at best. Like I, I don't really necessarily follow any team such that like I tune into something like the grid. It, I think it'll be really interesting to see if they continue the grid for people like you and just the teams in general. I think it's cool. I think it's a great concept and obviously it gives you an opportunity. Um, But I and I know that it seems as if there have been some comments on the side of coaches and players that along with their grid, it's just a lot.
1: It can be. Yes, obviously, my opinion is incredibly biased, given that I have, you know, a position with one of the best teams in the world, you know, covering their games. It's an incredible opportunity for me. So obviously, I want it to continue. Um, And so it can be difficult to differentiate you know, that experience with a viewership opinion. I do think the one thing that saved the grid in a way was when they brought in the grid overtime where they have like the main show and they kind of cut across all of the different team channels and kind of give, you know, overarching coverage. I think that is really useful for a viewership experience. And if they continue to do that, it'll be nice to, you know, kind of throw the teams a bit of a bone and say, hey, you know, broadcast the games, bring people in, do something fun. You know, it's kind of your own rules, you know, go nuts.
0: Yeah. I mean, from a viewership perspective, I think it's great because the more you have to watch the better, especially if you can, you know, watch your team that you specifically support. I think having that kind of opportunity is really cool. Uh, And I guess, you know, the teams are only playing a tournament every other week. So it's not a ton of like, if they were playing tournaments all weekend and then having to play the grid all week, that would be a lot. And it'll it'll be interesting to see how they take all of season 10. Now that it's been a year, right. And we only have these tournaments to see how it evolves for next season.
1: Yeah. I, I hope, I hope, you know, if everything goes right in the world, that we can actually start doing in-person events again soon. I don't know how close we are to that. Ideally, at some point in the next season, you know, we can all get back together and do LAN events. That will be sort of pivotal, I think, as to how they construct the season overall. You know, Justin was actually someone who touched on that, you know, talking about how a lack of, land events and everything being online has been detrimental for mental health and for motivation and all of these things and i feel for the players on that it is tough it's a lot of games and it's a lot of sitting at home in your room grinding long hours you know not a ton of tangible reward when you're not there in person so i feel Mm -hmm. for them. yeah
0: i mean i could go on for hours about that but that is not what we're here to do um okay so Tell me a little bit about like your whole Rocket League story. So how did you like, tell me, tell me about Rocket League for you and just kind of your gaming background and what's gotten you stuck here for so long.
1: Yes. So I am a boomer at 25 years old. I am old and (laughs) ancient. I know, I know. But, you know, I I grew up um, on consoles Xbox, Xbox 360, I played tons of Halo, was huge for me. Halo 2, Halo 3, oh my god, I must have sunk thousands of hours into Halo 3. And um, a lot of the sports games, so a lot of FIFA, a lot of Madden. And back in my sophomore year of college, it would have been 2016 or so, it sounds right. Um, I, I was huge into FIFA at the time. I was actually a pretty decent FIFA Ultimate Team player. And there's a big group of FIFA YouTubers called the Sidemen. They're actually all from the UK. And on one of their second channels, they played this weird soccer looking game with cars and rocket powered boosts. And I was like, huh, that actually looks really interesting. And I remember seeing a video on it. And the next day, I swear to God, the next day in my Xbox one on the main menu, it popped up with a recommendation like, hey, we think you might like this Rocket League game. It's like 20 bucks. And I was like, "Eh, I'll give it a go. You know, why not? Looks fun. And I just I haven't stopped. (laughs) That was in 2016. And I just never let it go. Really Um, fell in absolute love with the game. I love the purity of the game. I love the technical side. I love the music, even in the game. It it just, it really, really, really resonated with me. And so I grinded it. You know, I, I played probably almost a thousand hours, I would say on Xbox pushing towards diamond. And then eventually about three years ago, would have been 2018 uh, switched to PC, uh, you know, so up the refresh rate. And that's what really unlocked the game for me, right? was upgrading the hardware and, Going, oh, wow, it actually becomes a whole different game at 144 hertz. Who knew? And pushed then. I hit Grand Champ for the first time in season nine. I've been playing, I think, since about, I want to say season four, or season five. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much where it is. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to really push towards SSL, you know, in the past couple of last year, year and a half, you know, I haven't really grinded the game out as much you know i haven't really pushed in a ranked experience but you know overall that's my arc with the game oh and i tried to play collegiately too we had a group of friends that we met at so i went to temple university uh so my senior year there we had three of us who were all pretty decent and you know tried to push for qualifiers for a serial we just missed out but that's what really uh gave me a bond with the game too is then having that experience at a university level to compete with a team and go after it
0: so season i mean so like where do you play much ranked now
1: i i do uh these days i tend to sit around like the 1600 level i would say um i think the highest i've ever been was maybe like low 1700 in season 13 or 14, one of the two. Mm -hmm. Um, again, unfortunately these days, my focus has shifted from playing the game a bunch to doing other things outside of just playing the game, you know, you know, the casting and, and some of the content stuff, et cetera. Uh, so I think I'm still decent, right? Still good. Um, but sure. I don't put in nearly the time that I used to. I'll say that. Yeah.
0: Much. That's fair. What other stuff do you have going? I mean, obviously doing the grid takes up a lot of time because that's three, four days a week.
1: It it depends on the split. Um the spring split was a lot. They had us do it's it's five match days overall and is in about it's over the course of about two weeks. Um, I actually work full time, uh, right. so my, you know, my esports, Rocket League, et cetera, all comes secondary to the fact that I do have a job that I go to every day <laughs> during the week, which does take some priority, but pays the bills.
0: You know, got to do what you got to do. Absolutely. Okay, so then. Obviously, you don't have as much time as you used to, to be able to grind, but you've been able to maintain that level.
1: Yeah, I would say I've maintained that level since probably about, you know, season 13, season 14. I I do still put in the hours on occasion. I've been playing a lot more recently. uh, Actually, I do play uh, the Rocket Soccer Confederation. I don't know if you've heard of it, but yeah, I've sort heard of, of that. Like a, yeah, it's like a community uh, league format, you know, with like a draft and they have things like that. So I've been, I've been playing just to have fun with that. You know, the big uh-huh. difference for me now is that I play more to actually have fun with the game than to actually try and grind it out and improve and really push my rank, if that makes sense.
0: Did you not have, were you not having fun when you were grinding and trying to improve and things of yeah, that nature? Yeah,
1: I, I definitely burned out. Um, I would say probably about halfway through our uh, COVID experience here, you know, the summer of 2020 uh, really burned out hard on the game. Just, you know, variety of different factors, but I think a lot of it having to do with, you know, being shut in and, you know,
0: were you working from home a
1: bunch and, you know, I, at that point I was actually oh. doing esports uh full time. Uh so I was yeah, so I was doing my own content uh streaming on Twitch and uh casting where I could. So I was still, you know, doing other cast a lot more casting at that point uh online obviously. Uh it it just it just became so much that mm-hmm. I had to really okay. uh so I had, was it I had to take you a bit were, of a like break.
0: spending so much time playing the game that you necessarily burned out it was just sitting in front of your computer so much you needed it get away in general
1: yeah i would say both really um the game can push you down but i've always i've always loved rocket League. don't get me wrong i i still do enjoy playing it uh it was just because it was everything that i was doing at the time Uh, that playing the game and really tell me a little bit more about
0: the game game pushing you down. Like, what do you mean by that? What did that feel like? And how did that kind of manifest itself for you?
1: Yeah. So rocket league is difficult in that the progression at the highest level. Once I would say, once you hit grand champ, right. Once you pass that, well, I was going to say 15, 15, they, they lowered it this season, but Whatever the MMR is these days for for Grand Champ to push beyond that level um, becomes incredibly intensive because the differences are minuscule in terms of mechanics, right? Um, and I wasn't seeing the return on my investment in terms of getting better. So I would play a bunch, I would practice, you know, my shooting. I would practice my aerials. I would practice my. Um, overall speed and game sense and i just wasn't getting the return i wasn't seeing it in mmr i wasn't feeling it in how i played i never felt that i got better um and, and it was frustrating to put the effort in and not so see the
0: return. when you were on xbox you said you got to like diamond and then you switched to pc and got to gc correct Well, yeah, but they're i mean—you right were away. able it wasn't to fast, move your way but... up. So, do you yes, feel like yes. the progress from diamond to GC just came more naturally to you?
1: Yeah, I would think so. I would think because the skill gap between those two points is. Um much smaller actually, than pushing, even from you know 1600 to like 1800, let's say. Um, I think the the improvement that you find between Diamond and GC um, shows a lot quicker. Um, when you are able to progress your mechanics and game sense at those levels, I think you see the results a lot easier um at least in my experience it may be different now yeah again i haven't really you know pushed through you know diamond lobbies lately but i think the progress what's what's the word i'm looking for it's like the you get more you get more uh you get more out of it in terms of your improvement right so even if you only improve a little bit mm-hmm. your in terms of your rank it goes up much more as opposed to when you're sixteen hundred, you improve a little bit. You might only go yeah. up. You know, no, I, 10, I definitely
0: get what you're saying. Um, the and yet at the same time, tell me your thoughts on this. the The difference in between an SSL player and somebody that is GC two is quite significant. Yes. And yet yes, the absolutely. differences in in how they play is minute.
1: Yes. So it's it's just about that level of consistency, right? So the, the SSLs of the world play the game at a faster rate of speed, but they also play much more precise. And the margins are so thin that when they play gc2s they destroy them because the incremental differences may not seem you know that wide but they they make all the difference in the world you know when when you see the difference between let's say a grand champ and a champ two, they play the same way right but you'll notice that the grand champ might try more technical shots they might make more aggressive rotations you know they they play the game a bit faster and so you say oh well obviously this person's better the difference with the ssls are that they play the game the same way but the incremental improvements are are so much greater that even though it looks similar in reality they're they're just that much better. yeah I and it's think, really um, really difficult
0: i think that's really th- this is a very fascinating subject for me because i'll tell you what over the past three or four weeks, I've really been paying attention to the quality of my touches and trying to make better touches, both on the ground and in the air and my shot accuracy. But then also, um, I have been really doing my best to make better, just make better decisions. So not necessarily wrote... I think this in terms of like YouTube and, uh, content in general, of course, you find most of your tutorials on, on YouTube. Um, nobody talks about decision-making people talk about rotating. They talk about positioning, but they don't talk about like, you can be in the right position, the quote unquote right position. You can rotate correctly. And I'm like throwing these giant air quotations for those of you that aren't watching this, Mm -hmm. if I ever actually make a video thing with this. Um, but like, just because you're in the right place, you can still make the wrong decision. Like if you get to a right place for something that you think is going to happen and that thing doesn't happen, but you still try and do something with that play, that can be a wrong decision and then all of a sudden you're out of position and the rotation is bad
1: yes and i think a lot of that has to do with anticipation right and what we expect to happen in a lobby versus what actually happens and a good example of your point is defensive rotations defensive rotations i think are much simpler to understand because there, there's it's less dynamic in the sense like on offense you have to be creative to score you know you have to position yourself well but there there are, especially in higher level lobbies you need to uh, you know go with your instinct and be creative in how you make touches and where you put the ball defense is a bit more linear uh, and the one that I always see is backboard defense when players get on the backboard oftentimes it is the correct thing to do and you'll see them rotate into the correct spot on the backboard you know anticipating a touch that goes high and then all of a sudden they're sitting there and they're saying okay i'm in the right spot i rotated here correctly and then the opposing player just you know, whiffs the ball out of the corner and and can't get it up there. And all of a sudden you're in this really awkward spot because you can't get off the backboard to make the challenge or, you know, your teammates already pressing out of the net because they don't see you above the backboard and they're just trying to make a play happen. And you're like, but I'm in the right spot. And what do I do now that I'm, now that I'm here. And it's hard because decision-making isn't a perfect Mm -hmm. process and it's not the same at every level. A good decision in a GC lobby can be a bad decision in a lower level lobby. And I think that part is really hard to come over. It's hard to teach. I,
0: I think, and I'm trying to write that down because I want to remember it. Like good decisions don't look the same depending on like what level you're at. So one thing that I would notice because for the longest time, and I don't think I've done it this season so far, is gone down into Diamond three from champ one. Like I've been in the champ one diamond three champ two region for basic. Well, like since season eight, I got, I got champ one the first time in season eight and I've just kind of been in the champ one area until season 14. I got GC, which I feel like is kind of a meme like season three. There were so many GCs that got, or so many people (laughs) got GC in season 14 like when season one started, the first free to play season, there were so many season 14 GCs in champ one and diamond three. Anyways, when even as early as like last season, when I would go into diamond three, there would be so many people like I would be waiting in net or I'd be waiting back post for something. And my teammate would just drive right past me and go into the corner where the ball was. And they wouldn't necessarily get punished for it in that moment. But I'm just thinking, like, it's such a bad habit to just, like, drive past the net and drive into the play into the corner because, like, if the ball goes over your head, then we have two people in the corner and I'm left defending my net. But it's it's just, like, so common in, like, Diamond and Below where the rotation, people don't, like the rotation doesn't stop. People just kind of keep on moving, even if it's not necessarily a beneficial movement. And I know I'm kind of going on and on, and I want to kind of challenge you and hear what you think on this, because you say that defensive rotation is a bit more straightforward. And I feel like that's what breaks down a lot for players is defensive rotations because they will try to touch the ball sooner than they need to. like Whether it's on their offensive side and they cut a rotation because they want to try and stay aggressive, or they cut a rotation and try and hit the ball in the midfield when they don't necessarily need to, where if they went all the way back to their defensive side then turned into the ball and kind of set up for a better play, they would have a better Mm -hmm. opportunity. Like That's something that I've learned recently is I spend way too much time in the midfield. And if I go all the way back or a little bit farther back, I can set myself up for a better opportunity.
1: Yeah, so I guess the first thing is to clarify defensive rotation, right? So when I say defensive rotation... I mean, specifically in terms of rotating in and around the area of your own net, right? Like in your defensive third, let's call it, right? Where, you know, the other team has offensive pressure and maybe it's like in your corner or they're making a play above your backboard and rotating within that area. I think when you get towards, you know, midfield rotations and, you know, transitioning between offense and defense, that can get, more hairy and it's not linear i agree i'm i'm speaking specifically on
0: and that could just have been me misunderstanding and in that sense what you were trying to get to anyways go ahead
1: so in terms of that element of the game um part of that is you do want to keep pressure on the opposition but it can be very dangerous right so in in most lobbies when the other team has the ball in your corner right the, the first instinct for most players if they're the front person in rotation if they're in spot one is okay i need to go challenge sure but what are you going to get out of the challenge how are you challenging the ball really when it's in your corner all right what are you trying to do you're trying to dispossess right you're trying to remove a potential passing play because that's all you really have out of the corner. Um. Uh, and I actually agree with your point that you don't always have to be, you know, right on top of the ball trying to make the play because it's not always productive. And I think what a lot of players get caught up in is they, they see these, you know, very simplistic style rotations. But when they make a challenge, there's two things I think people get caught up on. I think people stay too long in one position, yes. and then they don't rotate deep enough to cover. So. When you go and make that challenge in the corner, if it just bounces there and you're you know, low on boost and it's kind of stuck, just leave. Just go. Just get out and rotate all the way around behind your teammates mm. and let the next person come through on the challenge. Either you know, they're going to make a touch that's good and they can clear the ball, or the offensive player will win the challenge and they'll make a pass in. But if you're already rotated back, you can sort of cover for it. I think people get stuck on, you know, constantly making challenges in the corner and then rotating back in too quickly. Uh, And then likewise, when you do make that decision to rotate back post, uh, making sure you're collecting pads along the way and also taking your corner boost and knowing when to do that. That's a big difference as well. I think you notice in, you know, let's say like a diamond three champ one lobby versus GC lobbies, the boost management. Can be really, really poor, especially on defense when the other team has sustained pressure, and players are struggling to hold on to boost and make good challenges. That's when you see a lot of goals get sore because players end up not having the boost and the time to make good challenges.
0: Management and risk. What's the word that I want to use? Not management, but analysis. Risk analysis is just like panicking double committing, triple committing on a ball that isn't necessarily in immediate in an immediate place that's going to threaten a goal. Like there you could be one or two touches away yes. from a ball that's actually really really threatening your net and everybody's just freaking out. When really, you know, if you just took a second to like one ta- one person to rotate back post one person actually challenging the ball, one person analyzing the situation and what I would call resetting, like just taking a second to understand what's going on. Because usually unless the ball is headed at your net, you have at least half a second to understand what's going on and then getting yourself in a good place. And I feel like that doesn't happen as as much as it could.
1: Right. So, and a lot of that, truthfully, from what I've seen and from watching my friends play and, you know, seeing, uh, you know, I say, quote unquote, lower level lobbies. uh, I think a lot of players, truthfully, just get antsy when they don't touch the ball. Um, A lot of players struggle with the concept that you don't always need to be on top of the ball all the time. Give your teammates the, space and opportunity in 3v3 again. I I'm, I'm assuming this is all 3v3, but um you know in threes a lot of players just can't handle being out of the play for even 2 or 3 seconds. And you just see these kinds of players where they'll they'll like be in a good spot And they don't have the patience to wait for the play to come to them on defense. They'll just start going. And you're like, why? (laughs) You know, there's no there's no reason to to vacate the net yet. Just sit there and relax. I mean, but then the play will come to you and then you can make a good touch uh, and get
0: out. Playing Bloodborne and just sitting at a campfire for the whole game. Or playing Valorant. And staying in your spawn and waiting for <laughs> I people guess. to come. I mean, I'm making silly analogies. I've never even actually played B- born, but like some idea where, you know, you have to be patient or you don't actually like people play Rocket League to hit the ball. I need to hit the ball as many times as possible. What are you telling me? I need to be patient yeah. <laughs> and not hit the ball and not just chase. Yes. Like, what's the point? But I think the the thing about what you're saying, and even for me, and I've been doing a lot, like not a lot, but a decent amount of watching professional replays as well, because I've been doing like these little analysis uh, videos on on TikTok. And one thing that I've noticed so much from professional replays uh, and professional players and higher level players is just how patient they are and how deep their rotations are. And like, if somebody, and the thing that I notice about higher level players is how well they do at just keeping possession of the ball. And then on the opposite side of that, how a high level defender will wait until that possession that they've been keeping and keeping and keeping is coming to its end. Like if somebody's air dribbling the ball, they don't wait or they don't just jump in the middle of the air dribble and try and meet them in the air. They wait until they get to the net or they are falling to the ground to challenge it because they know exactly what's going to happen then. And people in champ one and below and even a little bit higher will just YOLO straight for that ball way before they even need to.
1: Yeah, so I mean, professional play is awesome. I, I'm very privileged in that I get to watch a lot of it live, and you know, be in the lobby and actually spectating it uh, as it happens. At least with Team Envy, and the one thing that you really notice about those guys, um, so not only as you said, you know, the patience and understanding of when to challenge on defense, but their ability to predict shots is absolutely unreal i mean you know in terms of just making saves on the goal line itself um these guys are so good at closing down the angles of shooting and closing off areas of the net that it can make it impossible to score and and not just even you know i say like team envy right obviously one of one of the best teams in the world really but i i mean even any of the you know rlcs level teams you know guys that are in the regional events and they can all do it. They all just have that ability to really close down shot angles, make good challenges, but then also mm-hmm. just make those reflex saves in the net. It's crazy to me. You know, some of these shots you just look at and you're like, how on earth does that not go in? You know, these guys are making saves by pinching yeah, the ball out of the corner of the net. It's okay. outrageous.
0: I want to change topics a little bit, because uh, I'm I'm curious to see where we can go with this. But is somebody that is in the 1600s and somebody that is not me, A, I'm curious, like, first of all, I would be curious um, how, like, if you were going to go into free play or if you were just like playing through a game or think back to your most recent games, what do you feel like is the one thing that you could take time now to improve that would take your game just a little bit further
1: shooting accuracy for me would be the the number one thing so any any sort of redirects um you know scoring from difficult angles and finding you know really tough shots and putting them on target for me personally is something that i know that i struggle with when i load in like if i'm really going to sit down and grind out a session of ranked One of the first things that I'll do is, you know, I'll go in free play, you know, just get warmed up a little bit, but any sort of redirect pack, I mean, there's so many of them out there, Um, but cherry picking redirects, finding powerful shots as well. So being able to hit the ball from distance and putting it top corner crossbar down uh, for me, that's a big struggle. It's, it's really, really annoying because I've struggled with it for a long time and I think. Uh, half of it is mental um (laughs) you know just because i i think i just get nervous in front of net it's not really my strong suit so that's what like hands down no question you know shot power shot accuracy um
0: so if you had to okay so that kind of opens pandora's box when you say you just get what you get nervous and it sounds like this is something that has been a situation for a long time. Not necessarily the nervous part, but just knowing that you struggle with yes, it.
1: Yes, it is. Yeah, it. I, I would say it's probably the weakest part of my game, actually, is scoring the ball. Um, which is uh, tough. <laughs> right, because it's it's the thing that everyone shoots to be good at. But I I'm really not that great of a scorer. I I have spent many an hour um working on redirects and uh you know ground shots and really just placing the ball and it's hard for me. I think mentally it's I just. I, I don't I don't really know what it is. Yeah. If, if I knew and the answer, I, I wouldn't think, have the problem, right? <laughs>
0: I think that's I think that's super interesting. Um like I, I are you open to your feet being put to the fire a little bit? Yeah, so like if it's something that go for it. Yeah. If it's something that you've practiced a decent amount and you know that it's an issue, what is what is keeping you or what, what do you think is getting in the way?
1: I, I, I think it's largely a mental block for me. I, I think I just struggle to hit it in critical spots in games, just in general. Um, especially with shots that I know that, um, are relatively easy for my level. Um, it's actually one of the reasons recently I switched to the Fennec because I think again part of that is mental, right? It's the same hitbox as the Octane. I. For the record, I play almost exclusively Octane. Uh, But recently, I've been playing Fennec because I think you can get more... I think it's easier to find the angles to generate that shot power and find that accuracy and placement in the Fennec. Um, So that's one thing. But I I truly do believe it. It's, It's just a mental setback for me where I, for whatever reason, struggle sometimes in front of net. I mean, there are some sessions where if I'm shooting well, you know, I'll I'll win a bunch of games, and then there are other sessions where if I'm not shooting well, I lose a ton, and I know it's directly because of the fact that I feel that you, feel score that
0: you lose those games. Uh, it is a direct result of you you missing shots.
1: At times, yes, it can feel that way. Um. I, it's not as though I go back and review every single game that I play because Lord knows I sure <laughs> I, I'm, I'm critical enough of myself. Right. Um, but there, there are times, yes, where I will, you know, instantly leave a lobby and say to myself, and, My I mean, goodness, that's everybody. Like Let's,
0: let's get real. Like at all of the levels, uh, you know, we, everybody would win more games if they scored more goals. So, I don't I don't know if I've said anything or alluded to like me thinking that you're garbage or something or something is wrong with you because you're not doing that. I don't I don't want that to come across in any way, but uh <laughs> I just I think it's I think it's interesting because that's something that I've been working on a lot and of course I've been at like the champ 1 or champ 2 area. Let me ask you this. How do you feel like how are your dribbling? Like, how good are you at dribbling?
1: I I think I dribble the ball really well. I think my flicks <laughs> can be difficult at times, but I, I, I think I have great individual touches. I think my passing is really good. I think my defense is really good. I think my rotations generally are you, How are, are you really at good. air dribbling um,
0: from the ground off the wall?
1: Um, from the ground, not as well off the wall. I, I can air drill. Do you feel
0: like you have good confidence in understanding how to line up a shot? Yeah, I think
1: it's, I think a lot of it is just performing it in a game scenario. Like when I go in free play, you know, I'll, what I used to do all the time in free play was I would just sit, uh, you know, with the, ball set at the midfield point and i would just careen into the ball and then try and hit a double touch right and make that read off the backboard uh, and i did that for hundreds of hours every single time i'd open the game i'd spend 15 20 minutes hit the ball off the midfield line try and score it reset do it again over and over and over um just to get comfortable with the idea of scoring from you know a difficult angle making a tough read off the post or the crossbar um and I I know like technically speaking I can do it right I, like I understand I have the mechanical ability to do so and and I've hit great shots in fairness you know I I have clips saved you know of me hitting really nice shots so I know that I can do it um, it's just doing it more often and, and understanding that you know I don't have to hit every single shot right but just being able to provide you know more having dynamic more confidence in that for me is so that you can
0: execute right so okay then in terms of like a mental block or a mental thing when it comes to scoring goals is it just like a nervousness
1: i <laughs> again i wish i could tell you Tom, because if i if i knew what it was i could find a way around it
0: i i Okay, this I is just, extremely unconventional, I but I'm, I don't know. I'm I, going to send you a training pack right now and I want you to try it and I want I want to know okay. how you do at it. so I and I because I noticed recently that I do okay. that I could not hit a shot. So say like, and I've talked about this on the show recently that like imagine a ball is going. East to West, right? So if the goals are North, South on a field, and if a ball is going East and West Mm -hmm. on across the field, and I have a, I'm able to line up a shot. I could not hit that shot with power into the middle of the net, like on a consistent basis. If I had like five shots, I would maybe not hit any of them. And I noticed that I could not hit a ball with accuracy like that. Um, to be able to like, just put a ball on target and I couldn't do it in free play and I couldn't do it in this training pack. And so I started grinding this specific training pack a lot and it's called gold plat and I will put the training pack in the show notes for this show. Uh, if you want to try and I recommend that everybody tries this because, uh, it's helped me so much just in understanding how to set up a shot. But I'm curious to see like how you do with this shot. Um, and it's, it's just the first shot. Right, I'll see. put it here I'll in the chat. I'll do it
1: right now. I'm game.
0: I'm really curious to see how you do with this because right. Love this I think up. that shot accuracy and being able to hit a shot is something that is taken for granted in this game. And I think... Another thing that you said that was really interesting was they're very "quote unquote" easy shots for my level, and I think there's a lot that goes into somebody getting to a certain rank in Rocket League. Like you can, I mean, let take Rizzo for example. I like Rizzo. Rizzo is a very good player. Mm -hmm. I think. And. You know, if Rizzo were coming up now, would he be able to get on to a team like G2? Maybe not because like it's just a different world and he felt or he filled in his place with Chicago and JNAMS very well, but the dude doesn't take shots. He doesn't score goals. He was hardly ever the MVP in a winning match for G2, but he was just in the right place. He didn't make a lot of bad decisions and he hit the ball when he needed to. And he was a pro. And G2 was the NA regional champ for season nine for NA and RLCS with a guy that, you know, isn't necessarily the most impressive mechanically. Um, so obviously, like you can get very far in this game if you are extremely good at certain things. And I feel like there are things that are taken for granted that if you improve on them and take the time to work on something, even if you think you have it down when you don't necessarily have it down at like a gut, gut, heart level, it it can do a lot different or it can mean a lot. So in terms
1: of this training, pack, so this first idea, shot, you want me to just score? Is no, it just it's just the, just first, the first shot. shot, shot and let me actually
0: download. It? So I haven't not downloaded the updates because I really like the first shot, how it looks. Um, but I, yeah,
1: it kind of floats uh, in front uh, of the net it? and he just sits there. Yeah. This or, is so I do have my box the first on, shot. I don't remember if it, it
0: starts over on the left or it starts on the left side of the field and then it just kind of takes one bounce right in the middle of the net. And then you can, you can either hit it in the air or you can let it bounce once and then take a shot. So I let it bounce once and then I try and hit it okay. up to the top of the net uh, in the middle. So I try and hit the middle of the net with power uh, up at the crossbar. Okay, so we did take like a little bit of a pause and Perino was working on this pack so we were we were talking a little bit like as it was paused uh kind of in the moment about being able to place the ball in specific spots or like just being able when called upon to hit the ball where it needs to be hit after doing that pack like do you feel like you is that kind of in the direction of where that weakness lies, do you feel?
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of it is just, you know, having to come up with those touches when it matters the most. Um, You know, I could, you know, we didn't broadcast the results or anything like that, but even my first couple of touches were relatively poor. You know, I, for someone who's been a GC since season nine, I mean, that, that should be, you know, that should be buried nine and a half times out of 10. And and that's just not me. Um, And I think that limitation is difficult to work around. Um, But part of that, so part of it is mechanics, right? And part of it is mental. Um, The mechanics side of it is actually understanding, okay, you know, when I flip into the ball at this point you know on the half volley you know how much power am i generating where am i putting it you know trying to actually like physically direct the ball yeah i can do that you know most of the time i do that pretty well but the mental side of it is okay where's the defender sitting which side of the net are they going to cover do i anticipate them being here or there do i think i should go crossbar down do i think i should try and put it low and beat them low am i getting closed down do i have to shoot it wide And those are things you don't really think about. You just do it, right? You know, when you're in the moment, you're not actively questioning it. Um, But I think that uh, it's, it's just tough. I don't know. I mean, I wish that I could be a more reliable goal scorer and that I could have more individual impact on games then because of it, right? you know, when you can set up your own shots and you know how to finish accurately, you provide a ton of value to your team by scoring goals, obviously.
0: Yeah. I think, I think you said a lot of really interesting things there. Um, one thing that you said earlier was that it should be, it should be something that's easier for my level and level level. Like so many different things can get you to a certain place in Rocket League. Like even just being a good decision maker, I will I will go on the record saying that low champ players, champ 1, champ 2, maybe even champ 3, uh and champ 3s are a lot better than they used to be 2-3 years ago. Like champ 3s are not bad players. Champ 1s aren't necessarily bad players. They're just horrible decision makers. Like genuinely champ one players just make bad decisions. If you rotate better, if you play a little bit more conservatively, if you go for the ball less when you're in champ one and guard your net more, you will get out of champ one or at least get a lot higher in champ one. And of course, don't miss the ball when you go for it, things of that nature, but just don't put yourself in such precarious situations. You can get out of champ one. The other thing that I think is really interesting that you said, uh, is that the, the, that you should sink that shot nine out of 10 times. Like the only person that's putting that on you is you. Like there is, there is no manual. There is no directions. There's no guide that says, GCs should be able to open this training pack and slam home this shot nine out of 10 times. And I do remember you saying earlier that you are a tough critic, whether you said that before we started recording or at the beginning of the recording. I can't remember, but you're like, I don't need to be any tougher on myself than I already am.
1: Yeah. Um. No, you're right. It, it I. Do put a high expectation on myself because that's just how I am as a person. I think sure, right? And I there's mean, nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. But the downside can be you can crack under your own pressure. Totally. Uh, and I think that's part of why I burned out of the game. Was you see things like that where I was just I was putting the effort into trying to try and improve that and some other elements of my game as well, and I just wasn't seeing the results. I, I actually have a question for you, uh, and this is based on uh, you know obviously the conversations that you've had with many of the people in this scene and your own experience in the game. Do you believe in the idea of a mechanical skill ceiling? So some players will can only reach a certain point mechanically in the game because they are just they don't have the reactions, the timing, whatever um, that they they can only get to a certain point because they can only get their mechanics to a certain level.
0: You mean on an individual level, on an individual basis, like on a general
1: individual person by person. I mean, I would have individual skill ceilings.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, that's true for anything, right? Like there, everybody has various ceilings. Um, And uh, so I want to take that to the next level and say that, whether it is a physical thing that is keeping them from, let me let me say it this way: people can reach a ceiling mechanically, mentally before they reach it physically. Yes. So, in this situation, and again, um, p- please don't take this the wrong way. That and. I I will say it for myself before I'll even say it for you that there were things that were holding me back mentally. I was mentally in champ one more than I was, have been mechanically. And because I was there mentally, I was staying there mechanically. So yes, there is definitely a ceiling, but I feel like more people hit their ceiling mentally before they hit it. Physically. Like, I don't necessarily think obviously there is a lot of uh technicality and precision, uh, and very, very specific details that go into hitting the finer things. Like, nobody can just be Justin. Nobody can just be Astral or like any any top player, right? Nobody can just be them. But or have those mechanics, but I guarantee you that there are a ton of people that are in platinum and low diamond that could very easily be in high diamond or champ two or champ three if they would get out of their own way.
1: Yeah, and and that's an interesting point because I think sometimes in a way I have boxed myself into this conception that, okay, I have have put 3,000 hours into this game. And, you know, I am a average like 1600 ish player and that's just it, right? Like, I think I and I put that on myself, right? As you said, you, you hit a, me- a mental ceiling before you hit a mechanical one. I know realistically, if I put the time in, if I put the effort in, you know, I could improve my mechanics to push myself towards, you know, a consistent GC two or GC three, eventually SSL, right? And I, I think part of it's mental, right? It's it's just being complacent with it. Obviously, if I if I want to go for SSL, let's say, right, for me personally, um, I know that I have to put in a lot of effort. I would only so with my free time that I do have. I would only play Rocket League, right? And I would specifically work on mechanical things to get better. But do I actually want to do that? Do I do I really care to the point where I'm going to do that? I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe one day I'll look at it and say, hey, you know what? I, I think I can push SSL. Let's really put the effort in this season and go for it and see what happens. But in the moment right now I look at it and say, well, you know, I'm, I'm happy hitting, you know, GC rewards every season. And, you know, I still enjoy playing the game. I don't play it as much, but it's okay that I'm not as proficient at certain things because whatever external reason. So that's a mental skill ceiling.
0: I, I would, and of course getting to a place like SSL, takes a lot more because as we said earlier, uh, it takes a lot more work. It takes a lot more consistency for a lot less gain. Uh, and I would offer up that a lot of what is in the way right now for you potentially is is mental. Because and, and I can't go back to this enough. And this this is every Rocket League player. Every, because here's, here's the way that I look at it, is that everybody gets to a certain place naturally in the game of Rocket League. Like you sit down, you play it, you become fascinated with it, you fall in love with it, you spend time in free play, you spend time in training packs, and you play and you play and you play and you play tons of ranked games. And you get to this certain point in your game and uh, you're like, Oh, I'm this kind of player now, or I'm, I'm this rank. And then you just kind of sit there and then you'll go to free play. Cause, and you'll notice something like very blatant that you mess up. Oh, I'm going to work on this in free play. And then you work on this and then you rank up a little bit. And then all of a sudden you're just kind of in a certain place. And that's just, I'm just this kind of player. Right. And then, you know, you, you see the mistakes And by you, I mean, you Perino, I mean, you, Tom, I mean, you, listener of the show, you make mistakes, I make mistakes, and I know what they are, and yet, oh, I shouldn't do that, but you still do it every single time, and it's not that, and then you think to yourself, I shouldn't do that, or, oh, I just read that a little bit wrong, or, oh, the the bounce was just bad or I just miss because missing happens and nobody's perfect, right? Everybody misses even first killer misses. I mean, turbo pulsa misses all the time, (laughs) but his teammates are just phenomenal. And I think it's just expected with her anyways, like, Oh, you know that that's just part of the game. Missing is just part of the game. When in actuality, if you spent the time to work on that, It could become a more integral part of your game. And I do want to take it to the next step because I think for you specifically, you know, going back to this idea that I should be able to hit that nine times out of 10, like you're the only person that's putting that, that thing on you. And like, instead of thinking I should be able to do that and maybe beating yourself up for it or like just kind of shrugging it off and thinking, oh, I'm a GC player. I'll be able to hit that next time. Like, no, just accept where you are with your game. And if you mess something up, it's okay. And if you actually take the time to correct that and improve at it, you will become a better player. Like, I think, you know, what can get you to the next level. It's just whether or not like you want to be okay with the fact that that's a shortcoming and then fix it.
1: Right, because fixing it is hard, <laughs> right? I mean, that's the short answer is that fixing those things can be difficult, especially when it's thousands of hours ingrained into you, you know, when you have certain habits. The, the one thing uh, that really struck me was I remember uh, it's a couple of seasons ago, I think, where this happened to a lot of people uh, with the MMR changes. A lot of people are getting stuck in like C2, C3, who, people who were GC prior. Uh, I forget which maybe it was season one, season one.
0: Yeah. uh, Season one uh, was rough for a lot of people's egos.
1: Yes. Yes, it was. Um, and I felt it a little bit, uh, and I was like, man, I I, like, what am I missing here? And I actually, I went, uh, I would actually recommend this to anyone. Um, I went on Twitch, right. Uh, you know, twitch.tv slash rocket league, you know, go by the sort by the rocket league category. Uh, look at the viewers and try to go low to high if you can help it um, and look for people who are actively doing coaching. There are people in there who will take your replay for free um, and they'll take a look at it and, and they will try and help you in whatever way they can. Now I'm not going to say that every single person that does this on Twitch is really good. So, you know, I'm not going to go over the top with it, but generally speaking, especially if, you know, I would say if you're anything below GC, uh, most people, I think, who are offering coaching can probably help you in some way. But I did it myself. Um, I went through and I, I found a person, no idea who this person was. And I was like, hey, uh, you know, I've been kind of struggling this season a little bit, you know, trying to get, you know, back up to the game. Can you help me? And he was like, yeah, sure. Let's see it. And, you know, he was talking about some things. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. Like, I get that. And then he pointed out one thing. He said, when you're setting up for shots, he goes, when you're in that number two spot, right, on offense specifically, and you're looking to get a pass, he said, every single time you're in that spot, you are pointing your car away from the play. So, and he was correct. He was, my positioning in terms of where I was taking shots from, uh, I was actually turning my car, like, away from where the ball in theory should end up. And I was making it much more difficult for myself than it had to be. He said, all you have to do is when you're in these potential shooting positions and you're waiting for a pass from your teammate to come into the middle, keep your car pointed towards where the ball is coming from. And then you can get to that ball faster and you can deliver a better shot. And I was like, oh my God, you're so right. (laughs) You know, like, wow, that's actually brilliant. And he was correct. And I, and I actively made the decision to change that in how I played. And guess what? I started scoring more goals too. Now, mind you, is it still at a level where I'm happy with it? No, but that alone was a huge step. It's just, you know, it's finding that little thing sometimes can just, you know, really, uh, turn the key, so to speak, Mm -hmm. unlocking how to, really accelerate your progress. I'll never forget that too, because I said, wow, like I actually really (laughs) needed that help as it turns out.
0: And that's the thing about rocket league in general is how small of a detail can make such a big difference. And if there's one thing that I've learned over the past three weeks is how, uh, how, tiny, every little detail matters in this game. Like on the, on the grand scale, it looks like car hits ball, zooms through air, go real fast. And the thing of it is, is, and Ranny said this on his stream, uh, less, less is more like the finer, the details become as you get better and better. Mm-hmm. Like inches, an inch takes you a mile in this game when you're moving from low champ into higher champ into GC and beyond. It's, it's, it's crazy. And those little things like what you just said mean so much.
1: Yeah. I remember I was listening to the episode that you did with Kira and she said, um, you know, for her, the, the hardest part is, you know, improving your speed, but then matching the mechanics to go with it. So being fast enough to put yourself in the right spots and then, you know, not always having your mechanics to be there or the other way around, you have the mechanics for a certain level, but you're not getting to the spots fast enough to actually do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that also really stuck with me too when I was listening to it because I said, Oh wow, that's, that's actually a great point in terms of, you know, getting your, gameplay to that next level it those inches right are so difficult to come by Mm -hmm. and you really really have to put the effort and strength the mental strength into getting better it's not easy
0: well and and so uh i would i would offer up a couple things one of them is just give yourself some grace and, and not again, uh, I'm speaking generally to the listener. Like it's okay. If you're not good at something like that's, that's part of what this is, is, you know, finding weak spots in your game and improving on them. So just because you're struck, like if you can't hit a shot nine times out of 10, that's, okay if and it gives you something to work on, and I tell you what like uh there there is no better feeling than learning something new in this game, like ranking up is awesome, it feels great when you finally get into a new rank for the first time, and I've done that plenty of times over and over again, and there's there's nothing better than when you feel like you're doing something consistently that you used to not be able to do consistently. Like, so taking a little bit less pressure off of the idea of ranking up and grinding ranked and set some goals around, like play a few games of ranked and notice the things that you don't do well. And then that is what you focus on. Those are the goals that you set because if you add those things to your, tool belt when you go back into ranked it's going to feel that much easier it's going to feel that much better and um specifically uh perino i would say like language is extremely important in life so like saying something is hard immediately it's hard like you're telling yourself it's in in my experience that like you say something is hard, it's hard. Like, and I, I know that hitting flip resets for me is not something that I can do. And it's something that I'm working on. And instead of like, Oh man, this is hard. I'm just thinking I'm going to like, over the past three weeks, I've been enjoying training so much because I've just been like, fascinated with figuring. It's become a fascination for me instead of like a grind or something that I have to do or something that I find hard. So I'd be curious if you spent a little bit of time like almost falling in love with training again or falling in love with the idea of like what is going wrong in my games and not necessarily looking at it as like something you do wrong or something that's bad but just like oh man now I've just discovered this thing that I can take into free play and get better at and then I'm going to become a better player this is awesome
1: Yeah yeah that would uh that would be something I I think a lot of that and I'm sure you can probably tell is that I'm a perfectionist at heart right you know I I want to be the best. I'm a very naturally competitive person. Um, and, and I want to be perfect. That's that's just the truth. Um, and as a consequence of that, I, I do put a lot of pressure on myself to succeed in, in anything in life. This is not just Rocket League. This is anything. Sure. Um, and I, I think I could probably use that, you know, just in terms of, finding something to really push myself in. And, you know, the the one thing that I'll say is that, at least for right now, you know, I am doing this, you know, uh, this league, quote-unquote, right, this uh, community league style, you know, where, you know, I, I, I want to win as a team. And in order to do that, I know that I have to get better at certain things, um, and it's giving you, it's giving me that drive again to really mm-hmm. – uh, get back into the spirit of improvement. And, uh, again, not see even the way that I phrase it, you're right. I'm saying like pushing myself and grinding, but that's not really, it's not really the way I should look at it. Right. It should look at it more as, you know, a, a natural, Endeavor, not something that I, you know, push myself towards because push already has a negative
0: attitude. Well, and it, it somewhat depends on the context of the word or how you're using it, right? Like, if you feel okay about using the word push because you're pushing to improve yourself, like, that's, that's fine. Like, it, it also depends on the energy that you hold with the word. Uh, and now I'm kind of getting really like, kind of a deep level of just no, like it's good. things I like in general. It. But uh like if you don't have a bad context or a negative context around the word push, that's fine. Like the context around the word hard, like when you say this is hard, there's not really a way to spin something when you say this is hard that makes it like, oh yeah, this is hard, great, woo. Like <laughs> there's definitely a different way that you can look at something as opposed to it's hard. Like instead of it's hard, oh, this is an opportunity. Like this is an opportunity for me to like become better at something, or I in en- like I enjoy finding things to work on. Um, oh man, there was something else that you said that. Uh, oh, and so like I un- there there and I did I don't know if you were necessarily going here, but I know that you said that like playing Rocket League has taken a bit of a backseat because you're working on casting and you work full time and there's like other things going on. And this is, this is something, you know, that, I mean, even looking at casting, like it's not necessarily easy to find opportunities or uh, a way to kind of Go to the next level with casting just because there's not a lot of opportunities out there. And uh, if you stop looking at, and I'm not saying you're looking at something like, I'm not saying that this is your perspective. Um, If you stop looking at the obstacles and start always focusing on or thinking about how to create opportunity, then new doors open up. I'll give you an example for me. Like I am in the thick of trying to do this whole content thing. Like uh you know, I've finally like kind of at a gut level committed myself to making this work. And one thing that I haven't been able to do for myself is stream consistently. Um and that's partly because I don't necessarily get as much out of practicing on stream. I don't want to just sit there and play games for 3 hours because it doesn't like everybody does that. So, uh and I don't necessarily get as much out of practicing because I'm also paying attention to chat. Um and I want to be editing YouTube videos. I want to be working on TikTok videos because my TikTok is starting to do better and better, which is really cool. Um and I was I I don't know exactly what like started the thought, uh, but I've been doing a lot of like replay analysis and little stuff with replays on my TikTok, and I, I just magically thought to myself, I could just watch replays and do the analysis that I'm doing in my extra time on my stream. So, right, I don't necessarily have to be playing the game of Rocket League to be streaming Rocket League. So I could be watching pro replays. I could be watching all kinds of replays and go in depth with my stream and then have my little one or two minute videos that I'm making for TikTok. And then just out of the blue, I got this phenomenal solution to what was really like causing me a lot of strife. Um, And it's because I'm in the mindset of like looking for a solution and creating opportunity for myself instead of like, this is hard or I don't know what to do, or I should be able to do all of this and just like banging my head against a brick wall.
1: Yeah. You touched on a couple of great things there. Um, So especially in regards to content, this is a similar issue that I find. So as a caster, As you said, opportunities are rare. Um, They're difficult to come by. And even when they're open, nothing's guaranteed. Uh, I know that very well. And there's a lot of innate pressure as a caster to be doing other things, right? To have your name out there in other ways. I used to stream on Twitch a bunch. I rarely do it these days. Uh, Again, because I work full time now. Uh, So I, again, just haven't had the time to do it, but that's just one way, you know, you mentioned TikTok. TikTok is a great platform for many different reasons. Um, but it helps, you know, improve your, your, your presence and those things, right. Those obstacles potentially into getting to the next level don't need elaborate solutions. You know, when, when I look at my gameplay, I don't need an elaborate solution to scoring goals. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. I don't have to go and hit triple flip resets, you know, in 1600 lobbies to try and get the ball in the net. I don't have to go for, you know, a musty flick ceiling pinch reset. Like that's not it. It's, it's going sometimes for the simple solutions that work the best. And that's what I found has helped me. You know, I'm very blessed um, in terms of my opportunities that I've gotten. And, hopefully we'll continue to get. But a lot of that is just because I took the simple route. You know, I, I said, okay, I need to do this to get better. Let's just do it. And, mm. and that's hard. That's hard. It's hard to be committed. It's hard to have that instinct of here's, here's a door. Let's open it. You know, right. a door can be right in front of you. It It's only so good if you actually, you know, put the effort into, you know, putting your hand on the handle opening it, stepping through.
0: And I think that we all, and I, I think I kind of started on this same kind of idea and then got sidetracked by one of my many other thoughts. But we all get to certain points in our Rocket League careers or casting careers or just life or whatever, like anything. And then we forget all the work that we put in to get to that point and that just becomes the status quo and we forget that like oh we used to spend time in free play or I used to think to myself oh I screwed this up and we just kind of got in this little box and then we stayed in our box and we don't want to like go back to what got us to where we are in the first place Mm -hmm. like you know there are people that have established themselves somewhat as casters or content creators or whatever in this community and they've gotten to a certain point and they grew and they felt really good about that but then they just kind of stagnated and they forget about all the work that they put in or they're not doing anything different to get to the next level and that's the same with me when I was Like a few weeks ago or even six months ago, I was kind of just on the hamster wheel of Rocket League, not necessarily doing anything to change the way that I looked at the game or become better at anything at the game. And yet I was putting in the hours just kind of expecting that eventually I would get better. And that's not necessarily the way that it works.
1: Yeah, just playing the game alone is good, uh, but it's not good enough usually. And you need to have direction and purpose. That's, uh, that can be challenging, you know. A lot of our direction comes from rank, right? You know, okay, I'm diamond three, I want to be champ one, I'm gold four, I want to be plat one. Okay, that's that's a very simple direction, right? Okay, there is upwards, right? We we gain MMR and and we get better at the game, right? That's a very simple direction, but what happens when what happens when you hit SSL you know okay the, the direction is 2k maybe I go into six fans and I want to go rank a how you know how concrete how easy is it to keep your mind on that you know forward moving direction we talk about casting I've put a lot of effort over the course of the past two years really into refining the way that I talk about the game in the middle of a broadcast so I'm not using redundant phrases which I was a you know, big, uh, big rookie mistake when I first started, um, finding, you know, different phrases, you know, really delivering with emotion in certain spots. Those are the little things, right. That when I look back at it now, you know, I, I did this a few months ago where I, I watched some old clips that I had of when I first started doing Rocket League casting and I went, Oh my goodness, I can't believe I sounded like that, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. but it was because I didn't I didn't have that direction initially. And now it's like, okay, so you know, you make that progression, you you know, you go from community events, you know, now we're doing the grid. It's like, okay, the direction's still forward. It's you know, next step, RLCS, you know, being on the mainstream. Dazrin is a tremendous example of that. He worked his butt off constantly in the scene, in the community. He did tons of collegiate stuff. He did his own stuff. I mean, now he's got the first touch podcast there on uh, you know, on rocket league page. And he, he's, he's now casting on the mainstream for rocket league, which is amazing. You know, that's like, on he the went desk. And he, grinded and he earned it on the desk. with yes, His turtleneck. Team. Yes. And he's a beautiful young man. <laughs> <laughs> he's not that much younger than you. Is he? I have no idea. I I'm assuming we're roughly the same age. I don't know.
0: I can't re- I can't remember how old he is, but uh, you're a lot younger than you think you are
1: for for a caster maybe for a rocket league player no <laughs> yeah well yeah yeah
0: <laughs> fair enough i think uh yeah uh i hope that you i have not been too preachy with you over the past hour or so um cuz it's the things that i've the I, I think talking about the mental side of this whole thing is, is extremely interesting and changing some of those things can really benefit all of the other things at the same time. Like that mechanical question is extremely interesting. And I feel like, uh, there's a lot like getting out of your own way can allow you to improve at the game.
1: Mm hmm. In terms uh, of like a mechanical skill ceiling.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So I hope that um I haven't like been annoying or something.
1: No, not at all. And,
0: I and that is that is uh I'll probably even put something in the intro. I'm I'm very intrigued to see how people take this episode because uh I think I I do my best to kind of stay out of the way of the guest because I'm on every episode and my guest only has, you know, the episode that they're on. So I hope you don't feel like I've been uh, dominating our conversation.
1: No. And, and funnily enough that you mentioned that specifically because it's actually a huge part of becoming a better caster is working with a duo and allowing your partner to speak equally. Even in roles that may be different, so traditionally we have a play-by-play and a color, you know, and, and it can be hard uh, when things are going on in the game and you want to give both people the opportunity to speak. I think I subconsciously now, in all my conversations, not just in my broadcasting, but in every conversation, i I naturally tend to want to equalize the sound time. Does that make sense? Oh,
0: yeah, definitely. Definitely. Hmm.
1: I just thought that was funny because, uh, you know, you, you did bring that up. And it's like, well, I, I'm not really the person to to try and go on extended tangents on my own, because I've kind of coached myself out of doing that.
0: Yeah, I just tend to because I'm a very wordy individual. And I think that I have a tendency to say the same things a lot. And I want to be able to share the perspectives of the people that are on the show, as opposed to my own, because, uh, you know, people don't tune into this podcast every single week to hear me say the same things over and over again.
1: No, absolutely. But I, I like that we touched more on the mental side because I think that aspect of Rocket League is is difficult, especially given how young the player base tends to be. You mm-hmm. know, obviously, this isn't a game that trends really really young uh, just generally speaking you know I would assume that the average player age is probably 16 or 17 it has guess. to be under
0: 20 I would I would assume at, at
1: least yeah I, I mean who knows really but um, you know I Facebook think...
0: probably does <laughs> <laughs>
1: psionics ideally yeah. or epic for that matter but you know developing a Strong mental fortitude and and being able to um, open up your mind really to the you know to the possibility of getting better and improvement and allowing yourself again both self criticism but also self love and you know the way that you approach the game I think is not just useful in Rocket League but in life so I you know I I'm glad that we had this conversation go this way because I do think that is really important, especially in a time where people are struggling, you know, the, the world can seem to be at times, you know, falling apart by the seams, but you know, it, it's all good people. You know, we, uh, we talk about car soccer, but you know, it's, it's very healthy habits overall.
0: Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Um, well, uh, I hope that, uh, you found the, the conversation a little bit beneficial for yourself and wherever your rocket league goes, I hope that, uh, you continue to get exactly what you want out of it. And I would love to see you score more goals.
1: (laughs) I'll have to, uh, I'll have to play more games and post some clips on Twitter or maybe start streaming more often on Twitch. There you go. That would also be a way to showcase more goals because I you're right I hope I score more goals as well that would be fun fun is the name of the game
0: yeah and I think you know if if anything just be a little bit nicer to yourself and be okay with having some weak points because I I would I don't know if I would label myself as a perfectionist and my friends that I play with can attest to uh how much and I know this show is very family friendly. I like to keep the cursing out of it so that everybody feels comfortable and invited because not everybody enjoys curse words and all that all that stuff uh and I yell at myself a lot when I play rocket League like a mm. lot because I just want I don't want to make mistakes, and I uh, have done a very good job over the past month or so of understanding that this is a process and I am working towards something and I'm not going to get there tonight I have tomorrow and I have the next day and I have the next day and I can spend my time practicing and as long as I know that if I continue to put in the work I will continue to pro- uh, progress um then i'm then i'm happy as long as i feel like i'm making it a little bit more each day then i'm i'm on the right track
1: there is a whole extra dynamic there when you are playing with teammates in voice comms you know when you can <laughs> actually talk to one another and but so no, i mean i'm not even saying you know communicating in terms of communicating about the game but just in the way that you direct your communication and you know how, if you are hard on yourself, if you are hard on your teammates, there are so many subtleties, to the way that we use our voice. And when we play with teammates that it can directly impact games. Oh yeah. That's, Oh, I had a friend when we, when we were doing collegiate rocket league, one of our players was much better than the other two of us. Uh, I had a, so all three of us were friends. We met through playing rocket league, um, We wanted to try and reach uh, CRL. Uh, Two of us were pretty decent, and our third player was excellent. Mechanically, one of the best players around. Uh, Just absolutely insane. But his mentality was horrendous. Mm. One of the worst players to play the game with. Does not matter how good he is, was, or ever will be being in comms with him was awful. And he knows this, you know, he may listen to this later and he, he knows who he is. So I'm not going to out him directly, but he knows who he is uh, and he knows how we feel about it, but it can, it can be so, so detrimental. And on the flip side, if you have someone who can really be uplifting and, you know, generate positivity within those communications, that can be incredibly beneficial as well. So it does go both. Yeah. ways.
0: Oh Yeah. 100%. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, if you have somebody, it's, it's the difference between having a bad teacher and a good teacher or a, a bad boss or a good boss. Like there are people that you enjoy seeing every day. And there are people that you dread seeing every day in all sorts of contexts, uh, in the way that you communicate with those people. Um, and the way that they communicate with you means means everything, and just like we were saying before, how you communicate with yourself is just as vitally important. Like, be a good teammate for yourself. Yeah, that's
1: uh, <laughs> that's that's a very eloquent way of putting that. I like that. Yes, be a good teammate for yourself, and that's uh, that's very profound in many ways, Tom. I, I like that a lot.
0: I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. Get uh, ready. You should.
1: Hey, listen, by all means, go for it. That's, a, that's a good one. You know, a lot of times we, we forget to, uh, you know, be that good teammate for ourselves. you know, mm-hmm. not just for others. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. deep. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. Well, um, this has been fun. And again, uh, I apologize for being a little ranty this evening. Uh, but I hope you still enjoyed your time here on the show with me here on the infinite boost podcast.
1: No, Tom, the pleasure was all mine. I really enjoyed our conversation very, uh, very healthy. And I hope that not only you and I, but also everyone listening can really, uh, you know, Get something out of it and have something to think about while playing.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll see. I will be very intrigued to see uh, what people say say about this one in particular. But uh, let's start winding down the show. And since you've listened to a few, you might know what is coming here now. So, any final thoughts that you might have for the Infinite Boost listeners?
1: Who final thoughts? I I will stick with something that I mentioned at the top of the show something that i said you know in your advice from 50 gc's video remember to love the game and love yourself too i'll add that addendum from our discussion here you know just remember to to love the game and and have fun with it at the end of the day you know that is what it is all about and you know always uh always stick to that no matter what
0: nice and where can people find you out on the internet?
1: So out on the internet, the best way to find me is probably my Twitter. That is at Perino TV, P-E-R-I-N-O TV. You can find me on my Twitch, twitch.tv slash Perino. And ideally in the fall on twitch.tv slash Team Envy, because hopefully we'll be doing the grid then soon or something along those lines and should all be good. And it's pretty much it. For the moment, I might add some more later. We'll see.
0: Now you're doing that with Ryan as well, or is it just you?
1: Uh, with Ryan okay. as well. So I we work really well together. I would say he's one of my he's one of my favorites. Ryan is the man.
0: Nice, good. All right. So be sure to say hello in all of those different locations. Drop him a follow. I would appreciate it. I'm sure uh, Perino would as well. Um, and last but not least, a question for the audience.
1: Ooh, question for the audience. Can it be anything or anything?
0: You anything. name it.
1: Question for the audience will be. Do you think what kind of controller you use matters, whether it's Xbox, PlayStation, or keyboard mouse. Do you think it matters? Why or why not?
0: Do you think it matters? Uh,
1: I, mm, No, because people have played professionally with all of them. So no, I'm going to go with no.
0: Okay. I'm trying to decide if I think it matters or not. I think it matters in the sense what do you use?
1: I for the longest time I use an Xbox 1 controller for the past year or so I've used the PlayStation
0: 4. PlayStation 4. Interesting. Have yes. you considered PlayStation 5?
1: Not until this one gives out. <laughs> I I I really I use a a magma red DS4 classic. Um, I was very tentative about switching initially. Again, I used an Xbox One controller for twenty five hundred hours at least. Uh the same one? Yes. The that same blows one. my mind. I so the reason I switched was because so many people had problems with the newer ones. I had an Xbox One controller from when the Xbox One like first came out. Okay. Um so, and if I could actually, I don't have it around. I think it's somewhere back there. It didn't even have like the actual nine millimeter jack. They had like their weird proprietary oh. thing to hook a headset when it was really ugly. Um, But that controller lasted forever, 2,500 hours. I swear to God. I mean, hand to God. That's really how long I got out of it. Um, But I knew that the newer ones did not last that long. People would go through them Months. every other month.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I was like, well, if I'm ever going to switch, because eventually the the bumpers gave out and I was getting stick drafted. Listen, 2500 hours, it was going to happen. Um, but when I when I was ordering a new one, I was like, OK, I'm going to make the jump to the DS4. And I actually really like it. I never thought that I would. Uh, I've just been an Xbox guy for so long that I never thought I would actually enjoy the the DualShock 4. But here I am and it feels good.
0: I like the PlayStation 4 controller. I think I like PlayStation 5 even more. It's at been least a, from what it, I've seen. It's been a while since. Sorry, I was reaching over to like grab my PlayStation 4 controller because it's been a while since I've held it. But like, I have pretty big hands. Likewise, uh, I feel like. Um, the PlayStation 5 controller fits better. It definitely fits better to my hands. Like in maybe of course it could be just that like I'm used to it, but I I feel better with like it's almost like you're getting a PlayStation controller, but an Xbox like size.
1: Yeah, and that's when it first launched, that was my initial thought as well. At this point, I don't know that I would go through the effort of learning another controller again um but maybe i would if i thought it would make a difference i don't know i see this is actually i'm I'm glad i thought of this question at the end um but truthfully i think all of the controllers function the same again i was a pure believer in the idea that man i'm never going to make the switch i there's no way that i can be as good on a different controller i've been using an xbox controller for so long there's just no way um, and it was uncomfortable at first. I had to change the way that I held the controller physically oh, yeah. in your hands, which is not something you think about. But after 2,500 hours, it you know makes a big difference. It I- took about, I would say, a month before I really became comfortable with it. But I do feel just as good on a DS4 than I ever have on an Xbox One. So there you go.
0: All right. Well, those of you listening to the show, let us know how much... Of a diehard controller user or keyboard and mouse, how diehard you are about your choice. And if you feel like you could do anywhere near as well with something else, I will never use an Xbox controller because those things are garbage. It's
1: unfortunate. that. See, oh man, we're going to spark the uh, spark the war. Bring it on. But flame me i think fundamentally like the way that it fits in your hands i love the xbox one controller but the the playstation controllers i think one build quality overall these days in 2021 seems to be better they seem to last longer that's anecdotal i can't really say for certain but that's the perception that i have at least Mm um and and the sticks themselves i think are a little bit more responsive they they give you a little bit more uh finesse
0: i think all around they just feel sturdier
1: yeah that would make sense but again i was an xbox controller guy for the longest time and i made the switch so i fundamentally i think that you can make the switch and still be as good on anything keyboard yes. mouse would be dramatic uh but i think ultimately what kbm suffers from is you don't have the um analog inputs you have all binary right so Mm -hmm. when you you know move your stick you can move it slightly you don't have to move it all the way in one direction right on a keyboard you don't have that um and so i do think that actually makes a fundamental difference in the way that you play the game totally but But there are people again or or look at yukio who plays for um uh actually they just got picked up by a new team yeah sk Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and they were just in the semi-final Semifinal. semi-finals yeah So
0: wait, you know, he does it. Yeah. Solari beat them. That was a good series.
1: Fortunately, I couldn't watch that, but, but you know what I mean? Like he plays at a really high level. He definitely does. You definitely do it
0: Mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. Okay. Well, hopefully our answers didn't ruin your answers because our answers at the end of the day don't matter. Your answer matters. And we want to know what it is. So Perino. Uh, thank you so much for uh coming on to the show it was a lot of fun uh i enjoyed our conversation um and i hope uh, that whatever you choose to be your goals moving forward that that you get them because uh, that's awesome
1: yeah thank you so much tom it was a uh it was a really fun episode to be a part of and I'm glad that you enjoyed it as much as I did.
0: Definitely. And I think I will say that I think it's uh, extremely appropriate that you do casting for Envy because you look like an American Turbo Pulsa. You
1: know, everyone, <laughs> man, everyone gives me that, Tom. I get that all the time. I get it from Twitch chat relentlessly. And now you bring it up here. I thought I was safe. No, I thought I was safe from it's the, the chatters, the Tom. And Bring it up. You know, it's actually really funny. Um, you could because... you
0: could do a cosplay of Turbo Pulsa on stream, and and nobody would know the difference. You yeah, would need and, to shave.
1: <laughs> the The funny thing too about that is, I actually also have a resemblance to a caster for League of Legends for Riot, who goes by the name of a Freak P H uh, R E A K. And I remember getting that comment too when I, when I was doing League of Legends stuff. Uh, so it, it, I, I can't escape it. I, apparently I'm just, a, you know, a, a budget turbo pulsa or a budget riot freak, <laughs> whatever happens, uh, you know,
0: well, someday there will be somebody else that will end up being a budget Perino and you can look back at that. And <laughs> Here, hold on.
1: I'm, I'm going to show you one quick thing. If anybody, if anybody's watching on video, uh, you know, just say that, you know, cause I am a legit, uh, team envy caster, by the way you know, they, they hooked me up with the merch and, uh, you know, just got to wrap the hat. There we go. I'm turbo Pulsa. What can yeah, I say?
0: I, I just, I, I'm just going to take out Perino wherever I said your name and <laughs> add in turbo Pulsa, and it'll basically be the same thing. My Swedish accent,
1: uh, isn't quite there. I'd have to work on that.
0: Okay. Maybe for next time
1: for next time, sir.
0: All right. All right. Well, uh, thank you again. It was, it was a joy. And as always, Perino, thank you for the boost.